Boom! What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Unfiltered. Today we have a very special guest. Our guest here is Miss Kyle Johnson from Like a Girl Worldwide. Uh, they are another podcast like us that is very passionate about soccer. And they're going to come in here and we're basically going to chat around so that we can tell you guys all about what they're doing, guys. We'll tell you about their projects, about their refugee national team that he started and a lot of it, about the stuff he's doing. He yeah. has a lot of fascinating projects out here and we're ready to get him started. We just got to get him uh, get him on a call here and we're going to start this podcast very soon. We're going to be talking about uh, the Premier League, a little bit of Champions League and that's him right now. Let's answer the phone. Hey, what's it going? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. How's it going, Kyle? Thank you very much for being on Filter. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I really appreciate it. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, man. We can hear you perfectly fine. What about you? Can you hear us all right? Yep, perfect, perfect. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Yeah, we were just uh, starting off here. We're just telling them a little bit about your about your projects here, your projects that you have going on. Yeah, I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about that first off. Yeah, definitely. We need, you know, we can really talk about that. We can talk about anything, uh, anything related. You know, it's uh, you and I. We 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 had a little dialogue back and forth, and I've been on the edge of my seat with this uh, Premier League um, yeah. race right now. It's, it's it's been a little nuts for me being a Man City fan, and so literally the last few weeks, uh, along with the Champions League, has been nuts for me. Right? It's been uh, pretty. Pretty emotional as a city fan. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we could imagine, dude. Yeah, they're 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 going yeah. on the run though, man. Like you gotta give it to them. You gotta give it to them. The it's really a back and forth race, you know. So it's really just gonna come down to uh, how the how the season's gonna finish for both of them. You know what I mean? I feel like you got it though. Yeah, I feel like you're gonna win the Premier League because um, although Liverpool has like easier games, you guys have like. More concentration, and I think it's what three games left. This the season, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Three, three games left. Three games left. Three games left. Uh, I mean, I just, I just see that one point. You know, that one point. That, because you guys have one more game to play, and then that one point is gonna make the difference, man. I hope, I hope they can yeah, come yeah, up, I, man. I don't, I don't know if I could stand, uh, if I could stand Liverpool fans going crazy <laughs> for like 50 years, dude. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, it won't be worth it, man. Yeah, you guys got to take it, it home. It, it's been crazy, and, you know, what it, to me, what's really crazy to think about is that, you know, if, if both City and Liverpool went out, um, City will win with 98 points in the Premier League, and Liverpool will come in second with 97 points. Yeah. Like, to me, that, that's what blows me away, man. It, you know, that really shows the quality of both teams. And yeah. From from a fa- from a fan standpoint, right? I mean, to have this come down to the wire like it does, it can't get and more so exciting, you know. And, yeah, and, and I, like I love really that can't. aspect of things. You're absolutely right, man. That's that's pretty crazy shit, you know. It's pretty crazy shit that we're For experiencing sure. now. You know, the the quality of these teams, you know, they're they you can't compare them. You can't compare them. Right, so um, no. so when when do you become a city fan? Have you always been a city fan? You know, it's it's funny because um, I I got back into the game when my son started playing again, and uh, this was probably seven, no, almost close to ten years ago now. 
And I was watching that 2012 uh, was when I really got into the Premier League, and I was I was watching that epic um, the day when City won in 2012 when Aguero scored that goal, (laughs) and it was it was absolutely bananas. Like the back and forth where United was playing and the City was playing. And they were, mm-hmm. you know, cutting in and cutting out. And, and they each and depending was, on each other to mess up. It was up. so incredible. What's that? I said, and then they, they were all depending on each other's results and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I really I really enjoyed Pep Guardiola and, and, and what oh, he's he done. And so I've gotten to know more about him. So I was, I was super excited when he came to City. Yeah. And uh, to, see, to see what he could do and... I think that it's it's really interesting to compare leagues around the world, right? Because uh-huh. right. man, it just seems like the, the Premier League is so tough. But then, what's interesting is when they get into international competition, like the Champions League and stuff, they don't always fare that well. So it's 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 kind of hard to evaluate, I think, because I don't know if it's because it's you know the Premier League's more publicized than Bundesliga and La Liga and right, right. you know even Serie A or or what it is, but it, it just seems to me that there's a ton of quality in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, but I've always been a, I've always been a Guardiola fan. I, I've, I've loved his uh, just philosophy of things, and I think part of it has to do with you know growing up in a country where everything is based so much on pure athleticism and right. not really, in my opinion, what the the true beauty of the game is. Right. And, and here Guardiola took. And, and I mean, these were clearly amazing players, amazing players. But that that run the bus one I had when you know you don't have the size and the speed when you know when you're in a time period that Germany is is building around size and speed and stuff, and here comes uh, a truly um, possession style game taken to the whole next level, and then. You know, what gets lost in that, you know, the, 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 the pure fans know this, but what gets lost in that is the defensive tactics that, that Barcelona had and the way they right. got the ball back. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody saw it from a standpoint, but I'll, I'll, I'll never forget talking to a coach about some of the tactics of things. And Guardiola was like, you know, we're better with the ball. So we yeah. need to have the ball back, which means when we lose the ball, we have to do everything in our power to get it back because we're just better with the ball. And so I, I love that mindset of things, right? And so it's been it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch him go from league to league and, and, and end up with, with my favorite team. Um, it, you know, since he's been in, in the Premier League, I think what's really amazed me is how how players have really reacted to his style because, you know, you get players like Sterling who, you know, when he first came to City, quite frankly, he was he wasn't very good at all, and it took him a little while. And under Pep's system, I mean, I think he's really thriving. So you learn these little things about, um, and, and what do I know? I, I only see it from the outside, but right, um, right, right, kind right. of the, the the way he mentors things, right, and the way he mentors players, and the players that have come out and said he he's really been. Um, almost that father figure, and you know, re- really more more than just an X's and O's guy. Um, that impressed me about him. I feel like yeah, I feel like he does good figure, but I feel like he uh, 
he did select his players good because uh, Sterling, he was pretty decent in Liverpool. He did go to City to yeah. win trophies, but I feel like he found players that had similar characteristics to the key players that he had back in Barcelona. Yeah, like he we wanted were talk- to reform the yeah, team. Yeah, we were talking about like um, like how Barcelona was, um, you know, the system exactly that you describe, and because Pep wanted to carry that, because I mean that's his system. You yeah. know, it's his system. It's not Barcelona's yeah. system. He became yeah. Barcelona's system after he made it, but after he did it, he like. Purchased a couple players that had similar traits, like Sterling being a fast winger, and then he had like yeah. you know like uh, Kevin De Bruyne being a pass master, like Iniesta. Yeah. Also, Fernandinho being able to pass the ball like Xavi. I mean, he built his team from the midfield out, you know. What I mean, and then he already had Aguero, so he just needed those playmakers. It was to beautifully him. constructed. It was beautifully yeah. constructed. He yeah. knew what he was doing the whole time, and obviously, you know, with the financial board too, you know, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not difficult to do that, which is awesome. Yeah, which is. Awesome. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, it's funny you bring that up because um, I I had a chance to watch AX for the first time um, when they when they beat out Juve, and man, I'm telling you, I was so impressed with that team, right? Because the way they play as a team, it again, I I love that style of play, and it's to me, it's a beautiful game. And yeah. Ajax has no money, right, compared to these big dogs out right. there. I mean, yeah, compared man. To City, compared to Juventus, right, they have no money. And for them to be able to be that successful with the players that they have really shows that it's such a team game. Yeah, yeah and yeah, actually, you know, I heard I heard a uh, I heard a fact about out there that they pay the same thing or they pay Gareth Bell um I believe yep. more or if not the equivalent of they, what they pay the whole Ajax squad yeah you know I, what I, I mean I heard that same thing yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah. that's just that just shit's just crazy you know like like that that truly means like that they've they've built their players from like you know, from the youth, like the same way Santos in Brazil have. Yeah. Barcelona did the same thing with uh, Xavi, Iniesta, Messi. And and, and teams encourage that because they, they happen to, at the end of the day, man, like, it's good for the club, but it's also good for the country. Because a, yeah. a lot of these young players, they come, to, they come to come up and they go to, like, play for the national teams. And now out of nowhere, you know, they're just not regular players anymore. Yeah. They're world-class players. Yeah, from the start. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. It's I, I I think so much of it's being publicized now that we as fans get to see so much more of things, which is it's incredible, right? Because, um, you know, I'm I'm a bit older, and so growing up, none of this stuff was, you know, there was no internet, there was no, uh-huh. you know, football wasn't on on TV, yeah. and so right. I, it, we I I saw the World Cup, or you know, I would go to. I would go to uh, indoor, the indoor soccer league that was around, you know, my time when they were playing yeah, in the late, late AstroTurf on a hockey rink and we're using the boards. And, you know, that was that was my soccer in this country growing up. And so I think it's just, it's going to make the game better. And I think it's going to, you know, bring, I, I'm hoping that it brings the United States to a, a, a better yeah. um, point in, in terms of our, our own national team and quality of play. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it, it blows me away that here we are, the United States of America, right? With the, the best facilities in the right. world, the best trainers in the world. Right. The, you know, and, and then 
Now, not only that, the, the, the thing that gets me, I think that Americans don't fully wrap, like, grasp is that when you look at countries around the world, like France or England or Italy, right, in terms of population, right, France is the size of Texas. And England is, like, might be the size of, I don't know, Wisconsin. (laughs) Like, the countries are so small, but the quality is so good. And what gets me is that, especially on the men's side, you know, we can get get into the the, the gender thing later, but especially on the men's side, like, how how can we as a country with a population the size that we do Mm -hmm. can't field 25 players that puts us in the top five teams in the world. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah, it, it, definitely. I, I just don't get it. The math doesn't. The math doesn't work out for me. Well, mm-hmm. well the, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's just like because, like you said, Texas is humongous, right? I think Texas is like. I mean, if you put it in the map of Europe, it probably cover like a third of it, <laughs> right? This, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. I think, I, I think, and the main reason why I think it's, it's, it's a thing of culture, because like you said, um, yeah, it like, was difficult for you to like look at football games just growing up, right? Whereas yeah. in Italy, in Europe, in people grow up Argentina, with these kind of things, you know? It's grown, you know, it's grown yeah. from the roots. And yeah. it's almost like a religion, dude. Like it, it's crazy, crazy man. Because because you know, like for example, especially in the rest of the Americas, you know, like I want to say, like Mexico, Brazil, like there's no, there's no American football. There's no basketball. There's no basket. There's no baseball. There's though. no rugby. So yeah, there's only soccer. <laughs> Look, you know, you're, you, I I agree with you 100. percent And and here's what gets me about this whole thing. And I mean, this is what really got me into what I'm doing right now is that I think that in this country, right, Mm -hmm. it's the best of who can afford it. Okay? We have we have so many diverse demographics in this country, right? We have the Latino demographic, we have the Asian demographic, we have the African demographic, we have the anybody can be American. Yeah. All all living in this country who are US citizens who have that same deep passion and love for the game, mm-hmm. right? But nobody is seeing them. Nobody is, like, getting into these communities where they're, I mean, flat out, there's talented players, right? Right. And just, this, just this last couple of years, we hear so, so much about, well, this guy has a Mexican citizenship, a dual Mexican citizenship and a U.S. citizenship. And, like, what is he going to choose? And we hear so much about that now, and I think we hear so much about it right now is because, like, the U.S. failed to qualify for the World Cup. And so all the alarms went off. Mm, Everybody's like, well, we're not doing this right. And, you know, how do we get better? How do we find more players? And to me, it's easy. Like, you go into into the community, go into the African communities, go into the Latino communities, go into into all these diverse communities, and, like, I guarantee there are players that nobody knows about, right? Right. Nobody. Right. More, more talented than any kid in the U.S. national team system, I'll bet you. Yeah. But he doesn't, he or she, they don't have a chance because they're not getting looked at because they can't, you know, they don't have, they don't have access to clubs. They can't afford clubs. Their parents are working in two, three jobs. 
You know, they, they don't have transportation to get the price. Like, name any one of those things that's prohibiting kids that have an immense amount of talent, that have a true love and passion for the game because it's like it's literally in their blood right it comes from their family and Mm -hmm, like they spend the weekends and stuff just like living the passion of the game but none of these kids are being seen and you know i mean that's we can get into my story in a little bit but that's that's really what got me into this thing Right. What I what I would say. I mean, um, you you like you you being here. You were born and raised here in the U.S., right? So I, I technically I was I was so I was adopted when I was six weeks old from um, Vietnam. But I mean, wow. you know, that was when I was six weeks old. So I yeah, basically I grew up there. Yep. That's, That's awesome. Cool. That's awesome. But man, you you hear it from. From an American, dude, because we we say this all the damn time. Like, we say this all the damn time. Like, soccer, like, it's not like tennis, man. You know, soccer is, is a poor man's sport. Like, like I mean, I'm not going to say that you got to be poor to be good at it. But when you're poor and that's all you do, well, that's all you do. So you're going to be good at it, right? You know, like, most people that have, like, out of all the soccer players that are world class, I think... Very few come from privileged families. I, I want to say it was Kaká sure. and Pirlo. Yeah, and I one hundred percent. I can't recall that many others. I mean, everyone else like overcame, struggled through the game. You know, it was either they made it or or they starved. Plus, they were really talented, so the path kind of like built built for it. And if we were to do the same thing like you did, a lot of like people, you know, from this community, especially the refugee and immigrant communities that come here, if they had more guidance, they could be like. Extremely talented and way better than any of this. Like, I don't want to say, but lacrosse players and stuff like that. That sometimes we put in the team because um, I want to. Um, I don't. I don't see any other country that has this college system. Like, you know, it's like in here. You know, you you play high school and then you're supposed to go to college, play college, like like it feels the NBA, and then you go pro. But a lot of people, as we see, they're like pro when they're 16. Yeah, you know? 17, 18. 16, 15. You know, but, and then going back to also what you were saying about going into these uh, communities and definitely finding all these uh, talent that's not being found. Um, if you look at Europe, that's exactly what Europe is doing. Yeah, that's you what know they what do, I mean? man. I mean, France, you know, the, the, the French team that won the World Cup, like, I swear to you, 90% of their, um, their lineups were from if they if not them their parents were or their grandparents were from African immigrants you know what I mean yeah like I mean, yeah, yeah yeah well even look at look at Zidane yeah right? Zidane's Zidane from Zidane. Algeria <laughs> Zidane's yeah, Zidane from Algeria immigrant yeah from yeah. Algeria uh huh absolutely exactly he's the goat yeah and he's the goat <laughs> he's the goat for them so yeah I I so, yeah I mean I I I agree with you man I I, I think one hundred percent we need to be looking um you know we need to be looking into the fabric that makes up this country right because there's so much talent out there that's being like completely passed over and ignored and it you know it blows my mind and I I know when the, you know when the men didn't qualify for the World Cup that's when the red flag went up the women I mean. <laughs> they're, they're winning World Cup. They're winning yeah. World Cup. Right? Right? They're, they're, they're so successful. But here's what I, I want to warn the women is that look, the rest. Of, I, I look at the scope of things, and it's going to be very. I, I can't wait for the World Cup this summer. But 
um, I look at the scope of things and I look at other women's teams around the world and they're getting better, right? So for, for, for so much time, I, I feel like the U.S. women's team, um, and it's changing, I, I see it changing a bit, but for so much, it's been, again, it's been that athleticism that has really pushed them over the top, right? The bigger, faster, stronger right. type of a thing. Absolutely. And now, when you look at the scope around the world, these other women are getting bigger, faster, and stronger, but guess what? They're technical as well. Right. And they're technical as all hell. And so, like, I, I feel like the, the, the rest of the world is starting to catch up to the U.S. women's team. And so, like, same thing. Like, we need to do a better job as a country to find these athletes, women or men, in communities that have some really quality, quality players. And we have to find a way to make it so that, you know, these kids can have access to a system to get opportunities. Because when we, when we prevent that access, <clears throat> excuse me, that access from, you know, whether it's either financial whether it's accessible, wherever right. it is, mm-hmm. it's doing a disservice to the to the, the U.S. national team. Yeah, honestly, like, it's weird because in all these other countries, including way less developed countries, like, you don't have to pay to play in a damn team, man. You just fucking... And here we have all these expensive travel teams that you have to get into the... That's so unnecessary. Like, it's so tremendously unnecessary, dude. Like, because there's, there's neighborhood teams, there's city teams... You know, like, people just get together, and they, uh, uh, like, at most, they buy some jerseys, and then they play. Yeah. And then and then we have yeah. soccer fields everywhere, you know? It's not like we don't have soccer fields. I mean, like, we, we are here, for example, in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is really not known okay. for soccer. But there's soccer fields. Okay. Like, there's a lot. You can, like, there's one right next to my house. So I don't see, like, wow. you know, I don't see why that's, like you say, it's not encouraged. Like, they have to pay and, and get these expensive cleats and all this bullshit. Yeah, dude, in but. America, <laughs> it's, it's come like a, kind of like a, something you make your kids do on the weekends, you know, something to have your kids do on the weekends, you know. That's what soccer is here. Dude, you hit it on, you, dude, you hit it on the head, man. It, it's, it, it's crazy to me. So, you know, I live in Minnesota, and... The, the quote-unquote full sport is soccer, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go into hockey and basketball. Spring, you got baseball and softball. In summer, we come back along with soccer again. But it's I, I agree with you 100%. Especially when, when the kids are younger. It's just like you just sign your kids up for that weekend. It's an activity. Yeah, yeah. it's an activity and nothing more than an activity. Like, it's a passion, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah within, in other places, it's a straight religion. Yeah. That I've been in, it's a passion. You know, It's not just signing your kid up for the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, man. And that's what it is here. <laughs> it's and that's crazy. what it is here, man. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty. Yeah, you know, the, the best, but, so my, my, son, my son was a late bloomer. He started when he was about 12. And um, mm-hmm. I, the best experience, I think, that he had from, from you know, being his father's standpoint was uh, he was asked to play on this team in the Latino League. And it was, man, the quality there was incredible. Like it was, it was so good, and the nice. the pride with the league that they played in, like it was, it was off the charts. Like these teams, they wanted to win that league out of straight pride because, like, if you won that league, you were the tops in your community for that year. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. Like, it was 
after at, every game was a straight grind, and these kids could flat out play. And it was, it was just <laughs> some of the best stuff that I've ever seen. And I think it, it's been some of the best development and experience that he had was to be able to play in a league like that. And, you know, I'm just so grateful and thankful for the family that invited him to go out and play because I think the experience really, you know, it opened his eyes to, to what the right. game truthfully is. Mm-hmm. And it's not that quote-unquote club system, you know, you got to right. pay for everything. And the reason why I said that is because, like me, like for example, I play here, uh, and just being part of the youth system, including like college, uh, my freshman year, it was always like, like you said, like I met so many kids in my high school that were better, but for some reason, the coach would pick the ones that had the better, like the most money, just to make relationships with parents, or 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 just so we could afford to like travel. You know, it was pretty, it was pretty, like, crazy how, like, selected, especially at the club level, because I, I wasn't, I I didn't make, I didn't have any money, so I relied on, uh, on the scholarship, but everybody else had to pay, like, crazy money. I think it was, like, like, 3,000, 3,000 for, uh, yeah, for, for, uh, what's it called, for, like, one, for one, uh, half of a season, too, just, like, fall or spring, not even both of them. That's a lot, man. Right, right, right. Like, I think, I think, yeah. I think a technical career to become a plumber is around two thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah. So you telling yeah, me yeah, yeah. these kids have to pay more <laughs> than a plumber? Dude, that's a lot, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot. For sure, for sure, man. And you know what's interesting? And I get really fascinated by this, right? Because you, as a kid, yeah, we love it. We can tell. <laughs> you're, you're able to like look back on that situation. And see that, okay, you didn't have money. These other families had money. And, like, there was potentially some favoritism play, um, you know, towards the ones that had money. And you saw that as a a kid. And, like, so I work with these, I work with a number of young women, Uh um, many of which are are refugees. And, you know, I have conversations with them all the time. And I remember I had a conversation with a a young woman in, in we were talking about this kids from this school that we were going to play. And the school that we were playing is in a very, very, very affluent community. Um, and, you know, all the kids play club, whatever. And so I'm talking to this girl, and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to play them because they're better than me. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm really curious because, like, why do you think that they're better than you? Because you're an absolute, you're like a beast. And she goes, well, look, they're, they're rich, they have money, they have more opportunity, they're, they're in clubs. And so, like, there, there is truly a, a real psychological, like, self-confident thing with that whole idea. And it really hit me when I had that conversation with her, right? Because right. all of a sudden, here's, here's a 15-year-old girl, and she automatically thinks that these people in the affluent neighborhood are better than her. They're, mm. they're downright better than she is. Right. And it's because they have money. And so that mindset of things, right, of, of kids thinking that they're worse than somebody else because they don't have the same opportunity as others, like there's something there that really fascinates me about like, okay, how do people get forward in this country then? Like when you come from nothing, 
Right. What's the mindset? And to me, I, you know, I tell these kids all the time. Like, I tell these kids who are refugees and who, not, who do not have a lot right now. Uh-huh. I'm like, dude, you, you have to understand this 100%. You've won. Like, I know it's hard. I know your family, like, walked through the jungle in the middle of the night so, like, they wouldn't die, right? I know that you have family members whose villages were burned down, but you have to understand 100% you won. And this is why I believe that, because, like, they had to work for every single thing that they've gotten. They've had to work harder in school because English is a second language. Mm-hmm. They've had to work harder on the field to prove that they were something. Mm-hmm. They've just had to work harder in life. They're taking care, you know, these guys, these girls are taking care of siblings, taking care of family members, doing chores. I have 15-year-old girls doing taxes for their family, right, because their parents don't speak English and don't read English. Damn. I'm like, you won because you learned that you had to work for everything. The ones over there that have everything given to them, Right, when life hits them in the face, what are they gonna do? They're gonna go they're gonna go to mom and dad <laughs> and and be like, uh, what do I do next? You yeah. know what I mean? Or fix it for me. Is that sure they call That's you? not how that's not how you become successful in life. No. You become you become successful by going through the mud and working your, your tail off and mm-hmm. you know, going through the hard times going through the adversity. And so, like, I, I tell these kids all the time, I'm like, you can't look at it like they over there have a lot of money so they're better than you. You have to look at it like, yeah, I've been through a lot of struggle, but I'm going to embrace that and I'm going to use that to become super successful at whatever, whatever I want to do. Exactly, exactly. And honestly, that's a, that's amazing that you're doing that and we, we congratulate you with that because we, we have done that before and... And uh, and when I did it too, like when I was younger and playing soccer, like um, it was it was basically the same message. What I would be is like what I would always tell them because I mean I was younger, so I had even worse filter. So imagine on filter premium, man. So fucking yeah. <laughs> so like when I was yeah. so now I would talk to these kids, you know, just be like, dude, like you know, I know that like you ran through the jungle and then like you know that you like lost your family and stuff, but like and it's tough. But that's exactly why you shouldn't be nervous, man, because this is nothing like this. You're just playing a game, and you, you really don't know these kids. You really you don't know if they're good or not. So, you know, just yeah. go out there and have fun, because the soccer field, like, to me, it's a temple, man. Besides it being, like, a sport, besides it being a, a place where people can get together, it's, it's, it's a place that... Uh, It's a special place. For a lot of people, it's the gym. For a lot of people, it might be a library. For a lot of people, it might be like a special place on earth. But you can literally just take the ball and go play soccer with a complete, um, like complete strangers and just forget about everything for an hour or two. Yeah. And, you know, it gets uh, less time as you get older, you know. <laughs> 100%. Seriously, man. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, they, they call it the beautiful game for so many reasons, right? Right. And, and it, it goes it goes really deep and, and for the ones that aren't really entrenched in the game I don't think they understand why they call it the beautiful game but you're, you're you hit it on the head I mean you can you know you don't need money to play soccer right yeah you, you just need a ball you reference, <laughs> I, I, I can reference hockey or football where you need you know pads and all this stuff with soccer all you need is a ball yeah that's it 
Yeah, that's it. Right? That's all you need. I mean, I, I have kids that go to a field and they don't have any goals at the field, so they take two garbage cans, right, and, mm-hmm. and they make a goal. Or yeah. they, they figure it out. But all you, all you need is a ball. Yeah, just you grab know, two rocks. great things with that ball. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, it's, you're right. You, it, you can bring so many people together on the field, on the court, wherever. And, and, and I love that it's the world game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really love that it's a world game and that, that we live in such a diverse country that, you know, you can get anybody from anywhere on the pitch and, like, it, it can be beautiful. Yeah, it really can. And yeah, you can get a and lot that's of what, people on the pitch. And that's the beauty of uh, the FIFA, you know. But I mean, I feel like <clears throat> a lot of it is, uh, you know, like you you were saying, for a lot of people, the place is a gym, the place is a library. But it's just like for some place, for some people, it's cooking. You know, it's it's therapy. You know, it has to yeah. become like a therapy for you, somewhere where you yeah, can yeah, just, yeah, for you, sure. Just go with it you know and talking about that and talking about uh as, as you have witnessed especially growing up here i'm pretty sure that you have witnessed how much the mls has grown over the last couple of years right i'm sorry say that again you have witnessed you have witnessed how much uh the mls has grown over the last couple of years right it, yeah it, it, it's really grown i mean i'm i'm still I'm still not convinced of the product on the field yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, it it still very much is it's growing on me as well. Um, I, I think it will get better. I mean, I, I think some of the things that they're doing right. So I, you know, I I, I guess I can only reference my local team, yeah, uh, Minnesota United. I, I think some of the things that they're doing right is that you know they're going into the countries like. Colombia and Costa Rica, and they're they're Including. finding players within maybe some of those lower tier divisions or even the top divisions in those countries, and are bringing those players here. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the way to get real good quality yeah, within the MLS. You know, I I don't yeah. know that, and and don't get me wrong, Ibrahimovic is a beast. He's still a player. You know, Rooney can still play, but I don't know that bringing in all these um, older, seasoned veterans mm-hmm. is like the, the real way to success in terms of quality. Like Schweinsteiger? For, for the field. It's short term. It, it, it's very short term. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that we get some more flavor because, you know, I, I'll, I'll go back to the college game. Right. <laughs> I. Uh, I I, I have a hard time watching the college game at times because I feel like it's pretty, it's, it's again, it's athleticism, right? It's yeah. fast, physical. I mean, it's super physical from, from the games that I've seen. And, like, where does the MLS get most of their players? It's from the college draft. So I think that, the, I think the game needs to really change. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you hit it right there, man. From, from bottom to top, I think the game needs to change. I, I do, I, I like the growth of the MLS because I think it brings more awareness to people in the country. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that with some of the different communities and cultures that make up the fabric of this country, like people just become more aware about like what the game should be, how the right. players like should be. And, you know, this isn't always a fast and physical game, right? It's, it's like a game of chess. 
Right. I don't think we've gotten to that point in this country yet with recognizing that, that soccer is a game of trust and strategy more than brute force and athleticism. You're right. You're right. I mean, a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of what you mentioned, especially with athleticism and changing the game. Because, I mean, dude, let's just say that that college shit, like what we're talking, like the draft yeah, and, and then the two years, like, that, get, that doesn't work with soccer. You get you know? what it's an American do, part. You get what they're trying you know? to do. It's an American thing. They're trying to do it the American way, and they're trying to get more Americans out there into the MLS, but but why it we, doesn't work you know, because it's not basketball, it's not football. Dude. And at the it's same time, at the same time, why, yeah. if you're really good, if you're really good, why will you play for free while you're studying instead of just yeah. going to, like, a semi-pro team at the USL? It'll make more sense to play for yeah. the USL and get paid, mm-hmm. right? So, like... Dude, I... I... Man, I, I agree with you 100%. I do. And, and, and honestly, I, I wish it was easier for... For kids, to, kids in this country to have, have access to playing in other countries and playing around the world. To be honest with you, I, I personally I think that's a better scenario than going to USL. Yeah, I think honestly. I think that if if that's what we've been trying to, <laughs> you need to go play. You you need to get outside of the United States. To be honest with you, I think you have to go play in other countries and really learn what it's like to play against, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a, a different style, in my opinion, a better style, um, a different flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, you're out of the country. Like, you're on your own, and you're going to grow up as a, a woman or a man by doing that. You know what I mean? Right, right, I right. We're, we're, I, mean, I think that's important, too. Um, I agree, though. You know, I mean, shit, see, You know, put soccer aside, I mean, I, I think that there needs to be a message to all of the middle school and high school kids in this country that, look, you don't have to go to a four-year college to be, quote-unquote, successful. Yeah. Right? In fact, you're going to incur a lot of debt by going to a four-year college. Now, <laughs> if you want to be a doctor, you want to be you want to be in a medical field, you want to be in a law field, or whatever field that requires you to go to a four-year college. Right, requirement. Fantastic. <laughs> like, follow your dream, follow your passion. But look, if you want to be an auto mechanic, like, going to UNC is not your, your place, right? Going to Duke, like, you're not going to go to Duke to be an auto mechanic. You're not going to go to Duke to be a <laughs> yeah, chef, right. right? But if... If, if that's your dream and if that's your passion, like, find the right path for you. Absolutely. And I think that's the, same thing with, that's the same thing with sports and soccer, like what you're saying. Like, if you're good, if you have a passion for it and that's, it's your dream, I don't know that college is always the right answer. I mean, you know? yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, like you said, if, if it's a requirement, good. But, you know, unlike the NBA, it, it's not a requirement. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, right. it's, it's not a requirement. As a matter of fact... It's like you said that that route of recruiting from outside can become dangerous because we can increase the level of the MLS by bringing a lot of foreign players, but then will be like less the quantity of the possible Americans, you know, like the ones that will play for the national yeah. team, it could decrease. But it will be it will be better though because I would say that's kind of what's been happening in England. You know, a lot of people that play in the Premiership they're not English. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, you're no one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. But England is nice. <laughs> I, you know, we're such a young country with this game. You know what I mean? And like, what I worry about is this: 
MLS has exploded over the last few years. Like, yeah, I can't it's been going That they brought on. And what I worry about is that a lot of it is, like, money-driven, right? Yeah. So much of it is money-driven. And, and that's what I worry about. And there's something to be said about kind of slow-playing it, like, doing it right and slow-playing it and going for quality mm-hmm. instead of quantity. Right, create the demand over like through quality instead of just like adding five teams here and five teams there and having it get watered down mm-hmm. and like not having the, the, the quality that everybody has access to Premier League, La Liga, Syria. Like if they want to watch mm-hmm. high quality, everybody has access to it now. Yeah, it so is, it I, is true. I worry. I worry that MLS might be going, you know too hard, too fast. But, you know, what do I know? I, I don't want to speak too much on MLS because I, I don't follow it hugely. Um, okay, no problem, no problem. I, I, I think there's room for growth, though. But I would say that with the MLS, these are a couple of things. These are a couple of things, you know, so some filter. This is, at least this is, like, some of the ideas we've been dangling around with. Like, we definitely don't want it to be a retirement home, you know? Like, we don't want, like, like right. past prime slot on and past prime reunion and stuff, <clears throat> but unfortunately, because of the level that we are, even prime time, pri- past prime and past prime slot on and past prime Rooney, they're yeah. still killing it here. Yeah. <laughs> they're still killing when it, here, right? which is kind of crazy. Yeah, but in Europe, they, they wouldn't even play, they'd just be on the bench. As a matter of fact, they'll probably try to transition them to be like player coaches, like they always do, yeah, you know, once they're getting too old. But well, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. It might be going too fast, but the cool because they're part. trying to get in. But like, they just need to build. They need to build it from the foundation up, with starting with the younger kids I've, here. Yeah, and that's the only way they're gonna ever transition. Like, I feel like this old is gonna be like the metric system, though, to where they're never gonna want to change their system. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're just never gonna want to change. Oh my god, dude, that's hilarious. Not. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, man. That was, that was brilliant. Yeah, but seriously, because the MLS, look, like like you said, we have a lot of talent We have because we have a lot of diversity. Like, we have it. We just got to look for it. But it's here. It's been here. Um, and we have wow. the best infrastructures. We have college stadiums that will beat some national team stadium in, yeah. in a lot of a lot crazy, of people <laughs> in a lot of countries in this world, you know? So, like, with the yeah. money... With the right uh, mentality from from past legends, like that, they can come here. Like, who knows? Maybe Ronaldo, Messi will eventually come here. You know, they might be like eventually. Yeah, they might be like thirty seven or something. <laughs> but they'll still be here. You know, I feel like. But what's um, like? What's the goal of that, right? I to me, what I see the goal of that is this: is it's money. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's, right. It, and you bring Messi. You bring Messi here. You bring bring Cristiano Ronaldo here. I mean, I mean, look at when Pogba signed at Man- Manchester United, right? Within what it was like in one day or two days, <laughs> like oh. there was the jersey sold, the Pogba jersey sold in the first two days or something like that, made up for his damn salary. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> if you bring if if you bring Cristiano Ronaldo to MLS, I mean, think of like let's say he plays for Galaxy or mm. let's say he plays for Galaxy. Oh. Think of how many jerseys are gonna sell. Oh man, that's you gonna be I mean? worldwide. That's crazy. Like, yeah, no, that's absolutely so, insane. I yeah. mean, to me, I 
Like it's fine. It's it's short term. Yeah. It's, it's short term. I mean, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, like you're right. Trying to bring more awareness and everything, but like it's it's short term thinking in my opinion. Right, but the thing is this. Unfortunately, they're still trying to build the foundation. The I mean, game, they've been around for a while, but the real foundation that they need to start, they've just now opened their eyes to knowing that they need to build it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because there, there was none, you know. We're just now getting this, I want to say, European foundation. Because, I mean, I will never watch the MLS, like, a couple years ago, if I'm yeah. be honest. You know, like, I yeah. want to say, like, growing yeah. up, I never watched the MLS. I never watched MLS. I started watching it, like, uh, probably around 2010 when Donovan was there and things were starting to really okay. pick up with Beckham, you know. But it's those little things, yeah. you know, like like yeah. Beckham. Beckham was old. And he didn't play much, yeah. but it did bring awareness. You know, people were talking about LA Galaxy that that people that will never talk about soccer, but they would just be like, oh yeah, Beckham is there, sure. you know. So at least he was uh, yeah, sure. he, he was relevant. But I do agree with you because if it's just about money. Then we're just gonna keep feeding the machine because right now the game is just about money, you know. Yeah. If you can, if you yeah. can get money to your club, you're good, and it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Like, like, like you said with Ajax, dude. Like Ajax, they're amazing. Like, and nobody knew who these players were like two years ago. They sneaked up. Yeah, and that had nothing to do with money. Pure hard work, pure sacrifice. It's uh. Well, look, you know, like my thing, and this, I would love to see this from ML. Every MLS team across the country and I know this isn't going to happen but to me what I think needs mm-hmm. to happen is I, I, you know, I think this would be great for communities I think it would agree, be great for opportunities but what I would love to see is like for an MLSP to have maybe one open tryout for people in you know marginalized communities within their within their city mm-hmm. so like you go into the Latino community, the African community, the Asian community, whatever, right? And you say, okay, this day, we're going to take, take a look at people seriously, right? right. No, you know, nobody may make a team, but I would bet you, I, I would pretty much almost bet you that within those communities, there's players because look, I mean, yeah. I'm all about opportunity and I'm all about fighting for people that don't have opportunity. And yeah. I know for a fact that there are diamonds in the rough all over this country that need to be given an opportunity just to be seen. And again, if you don't make it, if, 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 if you guys aren't, if these women or men are not good enough, if they don't fit the certain coach's style, whatever, right? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. But, I mean, like, just think, just think if, like, here in Minnesota, if one of those players from one of those communities was good enough and the coach said, you know what, mm-hmm. let's bring you in. We're going we're gonna to give you 10 days, come, work, show it to you, you know what I mean? Right. And then that person gets on the team. Now, think about, from a team standpoint, the fan base that the brand new fan base you would get because that one player is on the team right let's say this guy is from the latino community right okay all of a sudden everybody in the latino community knows this guy because he's a baller and now he's on the mls team Mm -hmm. think of the the just the amount of fans in this local community 
that would come out and support because of that one player. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I mean I think there is I think there's this possible like potential to grow the sport within these communities and like have really good relationships with these communities too because it's not there right now. Right, it's yeah, still right, very right. much who, who can afford it. Yeah. I mean, need it. We actually need it now. Actually need it, man. It's, yeah. it's not cheap to get in. It's not, and and it's also like they're marginalized because those people, like, I mean, they don't, they don't like, they don't really go to like public public school like normal people, and then they can play in their regular high school teams. You know, they have to go right. around and, like you yeah. said, like f like find find Latino leagues, find. Other conventional teams, and that's already a lot for a lot of a lot of kids, you know. Because all they want to do is play, dude. They don't care about this hierarchy and all this bullshit. And, and the moment you're gonna put that in their in their eyes, they're just gonna be like, ah, I guess I don't, I don't want to play soccer like that, then, you know, or ah, I'll just play when I can. Yeah, I don't want to go to college. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Because they're kids, they just want to play, dude. And they just want to play. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to play, dude. And they then legitimately make some bank playing, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, like, soccer is <laughs> no, bank, no, man. No, and, and, and another thing with that, like, on your on your point is that, so I work with a lot of young Asian women, and the thing that I'm really realizing is this, is that they don't have um, as much motivation to play in college or, like, see themselves as a pro, and... The, the whole reason they don't, or a large part of the reason that they don't, is that, mm -hmm. truthfully, there's, like, probably almost zero. There's not many Asian women mm -hmm. playing in college right now. And, and like, really? nationally, there's no U.S., you know, national team player who's Asian, right? And so okay. they don't see themselves. Like, you have to mm -hmm. be able to see yourself in that situation to aspire to be it. Right. Like, and you don't see yourself. If there's not another Asian woman there, if there's not another Latina there, if there's not another Latino there, right? Like, you have to be able to see yourself in that situation, and that's from role models that are that are already there. Right. And so, again, I think that's another thing. You gotta get these kids in, in there and, and out of the traditional club system. Like, these places, they have to start looking out there. I mean, truthfully, that's why I started this. This, this national team. That's one of the main reasons I started the national team was, um, uh, you know, I work with the community of both uh, both young women and young men, and okay. they don't have the same opportunities that kids who play in club do. So many mm -hmm. of them, like I, not many of them have gone to play in college, and so I want to be able to try to give them that opportunity. I want to try to give them the opportunity to go play semi-pro, right? But the other half of that is I want to get young Karen women and men into college or playing at a high level. And, you know, now that we have a quote-unquote national team, mm -hmm. right, we'll have 20-some players on both the women and men's side that now four, five, six, seven-year-old kids can look up to yeah. and say, oh, man, exactly. I want to be him or I want to be her. Like, that's my dream. And that's my goal. Like, that's what I want to strive to be. And right now, there's none of that in the Asian community. And, you know, even in the Latino community, right? Mm -hmm. it, when you look at the college game, there's not many Latino players out there. Nah. Right, at high-level institutions playing. Yeah, not really. Um, and that's what I love that. I love that there's, there's 
MLS is becoming more diverse, right? A little, mm-hmm. little by little, I do love that MLS is becoming more diverse and, and getting to, because, like, these kids need those role, role models. They yeah. really do. Yeah, they do. I mean, like, what do you think? Like, I mean, what what do you think Mbappe and Pogba and Martial and all these people came? They saw Zidane. They saw Thierry Henry. They saw Patrick Vieira. Yeah. They saw, like, Bartes. And they saw them yeah. won the, the World Cup. And, and they grew up with them. I mean, dude, this was, like, they won the 1998 World Cup. They're probably kids, you know. Yeah. They're probably they were yeah, all, yeah. Like Mbappe. I don't think he was even born. He was probably, <laughs> you know, like, real, right? yeah. Like I don't think Mbappe was even born. Like, dude, like, it's like you said, it, when you see that, like, you inspire. Like, like, um, yeah, man. I mean, you really want to be like that. Like Pele, Pele. When there's a story, there's a funny story about Pele that when Brazil lost the World Cup, the 1950 World Cup. To 1952 World Cup to uh, to Uruguay in what was known as the Maracanazo because they were expected to win, like they lost, they lost at home, and and, and okay. he and he found like he and like Pele saw his dad like cry and one and he was just like yo don't worry dad one day I'm gonna win one like Zico. Wow, you know. Yeah. Wow. You know, and that's a real story. I mean, it's a real story. Like I'm gonna like that. I'm gonna yeah. win. You know, and like that's that's powerful because, like you said, if you can picture yourself being there, that that's the number one step to be there. If you can't even picture yourself, if America can picture the national team, the national team winning the World Cup, if if America doesn't care, then it's it's just not gonna happen, dude. These kind of things, like they start at the mental level. Like I mean, unfortunately, like more people care about like football and soccer which is fine you know to each his cup of tea but at the end of the day it is a country so like rather than like bashing each other's sports or like try to separate each other by sports or ethnicity we should all come together you know as as as, as fucking hippie and as fucking cliche as it sounds if we want to be in the finals if we want the national team to be great it doesn't matter it shouldn't matter where you're from it shouldn't matter like what your background is, what your color is, like none of that should matter. The only thing that should matter is, do you love soccer and do you want to represent yeah. this great country by putting on this jersey? Yeah. Are you gonna do what it takes? Are you gonna do like the very best? You know, because this kind of things that's because this kind of things is exactly what didn't happen in this last World Cup qualifiers, and that's why we lost. We we bet it for international talent from Wonder Boys. Rather than maybe looking at some players that maybe could have played locally and were going hard, you know. I mean, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't enough from Altidor. Wonder Boy wasn't doing enough. We didn't qualify. We lost to Costa Rica. For the U.S. to not qualify to the World Cup, like you said, more an alarm. It's uh, yeah. You know, just some filter. It's it's pretty embarrassing, dude. Because like, who do we who do we play, dude? Cuba, Puerto Rico. Jamaica? Yeah, Trinidad and Tobago. Come on, yeah. dude. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Right? Yeah. For real. And, like, just like we were saying, like, Mumbop is uh, 20, 20 years old, 19, and he was 19 years old just last year. Yeah. Like, yeah. that dude, when, when Ronaldo was in his prime, like, in what we would say, Manchester and um, Real Madrid all those years, I mean, Mumbop was 14, 10 years old, you know what I mean? So this guy, yeah. like literally, his childhood is Cristiano Ronaldo, and his childhood is Messi, sure. 
And now this kid is playing right belong, right, right, right beside him. You know what I mean? It's pretty crazy. And for that's sure. Just, yeah, it's pretty crazy Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Power of dreaming. Absolutely. Power of dreaming. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. My man, my man. Anything? Any last words that you wanna? Did you wanna say what? Um, what? What would you like to to promote? What should our audience know specifically about the message that you're trying to spread about you? How can they get in contact with you? Sounds good. So, um, and, and I know we didn't touch too much on this, and, and, and that's fine. But um, real quickly, they can they can go to karenfa.com. So it's spelled K-A-R-E-N-F-A.com. And that's the Karen Football Association. And so that's the national team that I started. And my mission with this national team is, is gender equity and opportunity. And I, I tell everybody that it's, um, it's, you know, I, I've worked a lot with young women over the last few years, and, and what I've really come to realize is that I want to make generational change um, mm-hmm. in terms of gender equity. And, and what that means to me is this, is that when we look at gender equity, like women, young women, they don't have to change, right? Right. If we're going to make generational change, it's the men that have to change their beliefs, their perceptions, how they treat, you know, how they behave around women. And so part yeah. of the reason I started this national team was that now I have the ability to work with both young women and young men and help shape their beliefs, right? And so I'll be working with mid-20s, early-20s, and these, these athletes are going to be role models to the younger kids like we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. But now, we're going to have athletes that are respectful to women, right? Mm-hmm. View women correctly and treat right. women right. That's and like, another preach human that being. message to the younger ones. And it's those young, and, and these athletes, like literally in like maybe five, six, seven, eight years, Mm-hmm. They're going to be having kids of their own too, and like the, hopefully they'll be able to raise their kids under these beliefs. And the younger ones that are looking up to them now, right, can say, "Okay, you know, I really admire what he's doing as an athlete, and mm-hmm. I see what he's doing as a person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to do that too. Like you're my role model. Exactly. I'm going to emulate you 100 percent on the field and off the field. And so that's my real goal is. And that's the right one. To have these inspirations that affect the younger generation so that we can make generational changes because it's it's the it's the boys, it's the young men, it's the men that need to change, right? It's not the women. And so um mm-hmm. that's where I'm going with this national team and I'm I'm using uh, um, I'm really trying to use the national team as a platform for gender equity. And then like I said, giving opportunity to athletes that, that don't have access to the mainstream system right now. And, and to help try to get them in there or try to find avenues for them to, you know, continue their careers professionally. Beautiful, beautiful. Kyle Johnson here. Thank you. Hey, man, that's a beautiful thing you're beautiful, doing, Beautiful, beautiful. And, dude, actually, we hate that we have to do this, but we just realized that our maximum recording limit is 60 minutes. <laughs> so we have, like... 50 minutes left, 50 seconds left, you know what I mean? No, but that was awesome, man. You should definitely do this again. We'd be definitely down to do this again and hear more about what you're doing, man, because that stuff is awesome. Um, Yeah, dude, honestly, that stuff is awesome, man. I I wish you the best. I wish your team the best. 
I wish your project to do the best, man. I really do. And you have been on the filters single most longest episode like, <laughs> ever. So this is amazing. This is awesome, man. Yeah, we broke we broke like ten records today. <laughs> Again, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Johnson. Thank you. I really enjoyed being on. I, I appreciate you having me on, guys. Thank you. Hey, Most definitely. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming, uh, joining us. Absolutely. You have a good Especially one. Let's stay connected. Hey, hell yeah, man. All right. And that's All a right. wrap. Thanks, guys.